Well, good morning and welcome to The Jar. My name is Chris Bunch and I'm the senior pastor and I'm on maternity leave. Um, actually, I'm not on maternity leave, but my wife is. And uh, over the past couple of weeks, I've been helping her out a little bit. So we have a new addition to our family and we would like to show that to you. But before that, we'll introduce everybody in our family. Um, like I said, you know me now. My name's Chris. And here's my beautiful wife. Hi. Now, she looks great. I mean, you can't imagine that she just had a baby about 10 days ago. And here is our uh, oldest daughter, Jordan. Can you say hi, Jordan? Hi. And what's on your shirt? Can you say big sister? <laughs> yeah. Can you wave? <laughs> and we have uh, another person uh, in our family as well, and it's right behind the camera. And who's that, Jordan? Who's in the chair? Elmo. Elmo, that's right. Um, we hate to admit it, but Elmo is a part of our family. But who you are waiting for and who we're ex so excited to share with you is our daughter, uh, Shiloh. Well, she sure is a cutie, and uh, I think she's a keeper for a long time. Um, we're so thankful to have Shiloh Christian uh, in our life. Well, if you're visiting today, we are so excited that you're here today, and uh, I know you're going to be blessed as Pastor Isaac will be coming to teach in just a second on the physical life. And uh, next week, I want to invite you all to make sure you come back for Mother's Day. Um, I know that my wife Jennifer now has added another child to uh, be a mother of, and uh, I'd really encourage you to invite your moms and uh, to kind of celebrate this um, as I'll be teaching on the inner life and uh, how we can uh, enjoy uh, growing in that part of our life and to celebrate our moms. So um, from my family to your family, I uh, hope you have a great day. And uh, look forward to Pastor Isaac um, blessing you uh, in these next couple of minutes. Have a great week, guys, and I'll see you next week. Good morning. My name is Isaac, and I am the associate pastor here. Uh, it's just so exciting to see what God's doing in um, Chris's family with the addition of Shiloh. And she's already learning that when Chris talks, you need to yawn. It's just what happens. It's just a natural progression of things. But uh, it's been a, it's been a really um, a really amazing week for me. I spent the first few days of this week um, in Austin at a conference, just learning from from all sorts of people who have just creative ideas of how we can um, just influence our world and influence our culture and learn how to connect deeper with each other. And um, one of the things that I wanted to just give a plug for. Um, is that um, many of you know that when I get a pair of shoes, I like to announce it. So I'm, this is a good, good pair of shoes. This? this is a good shoe right here. And this shoe, this is Tom's shoe. If you haven't heard about Tom's shoe, this is a guy who came up with this idea that for every pair of shoes that we buy, for you buy a pair, they give a pair to kids in Africa, to kids in Argentina, to people that need shoes, that without shoes they can get diseases that, um, uh, that kill them. And 
Um, so I learned about this and I got excited about it and I thought, wow, how cool would it be if we could create kind of a cult-like mentality where we're all wearing Tom's shoes? <laughs> Just kidding. They're comfortable. They're like slippers. But for those of you who uh, might not know, I'm from New England and um, as I came back from the conference on Wednesday night, I had a one-day period to kind of get everything together and then uh, I picked up my dad at the airport and it's been about four years since he's been here and um, I think they, I think my mom sent him just to kind of retrain me what the New England accent is supposed to be um, and so I'm actually going to ask him to come up. How many of you would like to hear a good Bostonian accent? Just for, yeah, let's see that. Come on, dad. Well, thank you, Isaac. And uh, for me, in case you don't know, I'm going to give you greetings from the sunny state of Massachusetts. And I want to teach you all how to say, park the car. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go around and ask people to say that after I uh, see you after the service. Well, it's, it's really a blessing to be here. Like I said, I was here about four years ago. Last time I was in this gymnasium there was about 50 people here and it's wonderful to see what the Lord has done here in this ministry and how God has added to this local fellowship you know people are the same wherever you go back in New England here in Indiana we need to have a relationship with God and I'm just so thankful that through the ministry that God has called Chris to and Isaac working alongside with Chris just to see what God is doing in your life and that this intimate relationship that you have with him is so special. And I also told Isaac, it's very dangerous to give a preacher a microphone. Yeah, I told him he had 30 seconds. But I do want to leave you with this one verse. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, he says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us, and given himself for us, an offering and sacrifice of God for a sweet-smelling aroma. May God bless each of you. Wouldn't you guys just rather have him just read and just hear the accent over and over? You know, the, more, the moment he came, I could hear it coming back, so you might hear it, and I'm really disappointed that I've lost it, but... Um, I'll see, I'll see what I can do. Yeah, <laughs> come back to New England. There we go. Um, but yeah, in fact, just, uh, just as he shared, one of the things that we've been talking about, we've been talking about how God has wired us and that there's this belief that God has wired us to be a whole person, that, um, that in the midst of, of a culture where we're continually divided um, and continually um, kind of split apart, that God is actually calling us to be a whole person. Last week we talked about um, how we spend our money or how I should not spend my money. And, um, and one of the things that I've been learning as I've been looking at the culture around us is that we are, in fact, a very divided culture. If you think about the fact that we, um, the way that we communicate, we have cell phones, we have things that... We're, we're such a, a culture that's driven by multitasking, by trying to do so many things at once. And how many of you see this? You're, you're driving and you see someone swerving in the lane. You think that they're a drunk driver, but they're actually just texting on their phone, 
drinking a coffee and driving with their knee. Has anybody seen that happen? And you, you see this all the time where we have this mentality that we think that we can do more and we can do better if we split our attention. But what I believe that God's calls to is to be focused in what we do and focused when we're having a conversation with somebody, being able to look them in the face, sit down with them, not just have, you know, 24 conversations at once through chatting or email. Not that that's bad, but there's something that happens when we're able to focus our attention. And we know this because um, this is almost foundational to what the Christian faith says, that while, while God was this abstract idea, something that we knew was out there, but couldn't put a face with, that God decided to put a face with him in Jesus. And when he sent Jesus, he gave, he gave us a gift of someone who could give his undivided attention to humanity in something that commun- could communicate something deeper to us. And so as we think through this, as we go through this teaching, there are two questions that I want you to hold in, our mind, in your mind. When we talk about the physical life, when we talk about what we do, with the stuff that we're made of, I believe that it's important for us to hold two questions at the front of our mind. And the first question is this, what gives life? And the second is what takes life away? As I unpack this throughout the next um, four hours or so, we'll, just kidding, <laughs> we'll, um, we'll learn how we can better um, understand what are the life-giving qualities and the ways that we can invest our energy in a life-giving way and how can we contrast that with ways that take life away. So I believe the first principle that we could look at from Scripture is to understand this, that God created people in his image. This is something that we talk a lot about But I think it's something that I'm realizing more and more I forget almost the moment it leaves my lips. I believe it, but then I forget that I'm made in God's image. Let's read this scripture. It says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. So we're created in God's image. And we're created not just to, not just to be here, but to manage the world around us. He because we're, we're physical creatures, he put all this physical stuff around us. He put plants, he put animals, and he said that we're created in his image to kind of um, live in relationship with those things and to manage those things that are around us. Then he goes on to say in Genesis chapter 2, he says, Then God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The man became a living being. What I think we can take from that is while we are physical, while, I can, while there's you know, actual skin on these bones and there's something that, um, that we touch, that God, the imagery here is that God gathered the dust, the dirt, something that was 
not animated, something that did not have life in it. And when he, when he brought that, that together, he breathed life into man. And so I, what I'm kind of doing here is, what I want to argue is that to better understand how we can be physically whole, we have to better understand where we get the, um, the spirit and the breath to actually be animated, to actually be a person that moves. That's not just, um, you know, we're not just statues, or we're not just um, inanimate objects. And so there's something very godlike imprinted in us. Um, in fact, our physical being, one of the things that we believe is that our physical being is made more complete when we operate in the spirit that God has given us. In fact, when Jesus was, was with his disciples, the more that I've been thinking about this, we, we know that Jesus was, um, had his ministry for three years where he gathered these 12 guys around him. And when, as he was spending that time with them, in a way they were kind of like, um, kind of lost, and he was kind of taking that time to kind of shape them and give him his teachings, t- tell them things like, love your neighbor as yourself, and don't hate your enemy, and um, all of these teachings that he gave them, he was kind of bringing them together and kind of forming them to be a new body, which then we call the church. And then from there, we, we read in um, in the New Testament that he breathed on them, he breathed life onto them so that they could go and be his body in the world. And so the second principle that I believe we can take from this is that our bodies belong to God. If the very fact that we breathe is only because God breathes into us, then who do we really belong to? Who does this stuff, what does this stuff, the things that I'm made up of, belong to? What belongs to God? In Romans, Paul, who, um, who wrote much of the New Testament, the second half of the Bible, he said this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What does he say here? He says that our bodies belong to God. Our bodies... Our bodies belong to God to worship God. And that goes far beyond just singing or far beyond this. There are many ways to worship God, but true worship comes when we orient ourselves, all of our being, toward God, toward the teachings that we learn that Jesus, um, that Jesus gave us. And here's the thing. When we don't renew our mind, this idea of renewing our mind is almost like waking up every day, reminding yourself of who you are, when we don't do this, I believe that two problems can occur. When we don't renew our mind, we assume that it's our job to judge. We lose track of who we are, and all of a sudden we look at everybody around us, and we just learn how to pick out everything that's wrong with them. And how many of you feel like you're really, really good at this? I mean, I'm, I'm good at this. I mean... You know, I, I see people, I, you know, I'm in the airport walking by people and I automatically assume, wow, that guy probably just totally thought I was a jerk or wow, that guy, he's, 
um, you know, he's not a good person or, you know, you just do this just because you see people and you make judgments about them based on what? You have no idea. The second thing that we do is that we assume that others are judging us. Assumptions are very, very dangerous to allowing us to live physically whole. And why do we do this? Well, we're somehow convinced that the physical is more important than the emotional or the spiritual. We get distracted by how we look. We get distracted by how other people look. We get distracted by um, how we perform. We get distracted by feeling like people have higher expectations of us than they actually do. And why, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Sometimes you, you can wake up. I mean, I do this all the time. I wake up and I feel completely, you know, ready to take on the day, completely centered and feel like I know who I am. And then, you know, ten minutes later, when, as soon as I have my first interaction with somebody, all my confidence kind of goes away and all of my... Um, all the things that I, that I feel like I should know about myself and know about what God tells me who I am is kind of lost. Now, I was thinking about this concept and I was thinking about where we could see this in a more, um, a more concrete way. And I think um, some of you may have seen this video that I want to show. Um, it's from uh, the show... Britain's Got Talent, or something like that. And um, many of you may have seen this woman named Susan Boyle. I want us to, sh- to look at this clip. I want us to observe what happens. Go ahead. Hi, what's your name, darling? My name is Susan Boyle. Okay, what's the dream? I, I'm trying to be a professional singer. And why hasn't it worked out so far, Susan? I've never been given the chance before, but he's hoping it'll change. Okay, and who would you like to be as successful as? Elaine Page. Elaine Page. What are you going to sing tonight? I'm going to sing I Dreamed a Dream from the Miserable. What do you see on the faces of everybody there? This woman walks out with a desire to do something, with a desire to sing. And what are we doing? I mean, we did, I mean, at this point, you're looking at her and you're saying, there is no way that she should be there. Who does she think she is? And what are we doing? I mean, we're judging based on how she looks. And it's embarrassing when you, to see all these people. You see them laughing. You see them snickering. And it's one of those things that watching it, you know, after the fact, um, you, I can look at those people and I can be like, man, those people, they're so wrong for laughing. But honestly, I think if I were there, I probably would have done the same thing. The reason being that the whole, the whole way that our culture works is through competition. We have to prove that we're worthy enough of anything. That when, when someone wants to try something, if they don't look the right way or act the right way or, you know, maybe they're too young or too old for a certain thing, we just automatically pass judgment. I want us to look at, um, at what happened after that. Big so. I dreamed a dream in time gone by. Did you? 
very much, uh, Susan Pearce. Without a doubt, that was the biggest surprise I have had in three years on the show. When you stood there with that cheeky grin and said, I, I want to be like Elaine Page, everyone was laughing at you. No one is laughing now. That was stunning. An incredible performance. Amazing. I'm reeling from shock about you two, but... I am so thrilled because I know that everybody was against you. I honestly think that we were all being very cynical and... I think that's the biggest wake-up call ever. And I just want to say that it was a complete privilege listening to that. It was instantaneous. I knew the minute you walked out <laughs> on that stage that we were going to hear something extraordinary, and I was right. Not a lot of touch. Okay. Yeah, what did, what did she do? I mean, here, here you have a whole crowd, a whole panel of judges that you're before, who everybody is, everybody is, was against this woman. She knew who she was. She knew what she had. And she delivered. And it just blew everybody away. And, I mean, how many of you watched this and, like, maybe you watched it four times and you just watched it just so you could have a good cry because you hadn't had a good cry in a while? Yeah, this is a perfect clip for that. It's on YouTube, so anytime you need that, just go for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like the judge said, we know that when you stepped out here, everybody was against you. We were cynical, and we did not believe that you could do it. I want to take us back to the questions that, that we were asking. What gives life, and what takes life away? What takes life away is our attitude. Our attitude of wanting to judge people, our attitude of wanting to to criticize and to say that someone's not good enough. What gives life is someone who knows who they are and delivers that. Being physical, being physically whole, needs to start with finding our identity in Christ. We must be grounded and centered in Him. Otherwise, we will focus on the physical and we will lose sight of the core life-giving spirit that God has given us. Even Jesus says, what good is it, is it for a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What good is it for us to, to work so hard at um, you know, getting a, a finely chiseled body, as I have? Um, what good is it to, to work so hard to diet, to, um, to pursue anything that we have, if we're not centered, if our, if our heart is not in it, if our heart isn't at the place where we understand who owns it, who loves us best, who knows us best and loves us most. Now, in saying all of that, in saying that to be physically whole, we have to be centered and not focus on the physical, we also have to be responsible with what God has given us. In this case, as we're teaching today, it, it is our body. And I believe that just as we're supposed to be responsible with our money and our planet, we need to be responsible with the energy that God has given us, with the breath that he breathed in us to give us life so that we can breathe in and breathe out and impact those around us and live our lives. We have to be responsible with what he's given us. 
Now, when it comes to food, in America, we fight the reality that we have an overabundance of options presented to us. And you drive down McGalliard. I was driving my dad down McGalliard, and he's like, wow, you guys have a lot of places to eat. <laughs> I mean, we do. Muncie has more, more restaurants per capita per person. There are more restaurants in Muncie than in any other city in, Amer- in um, Indiana. Now, consider this. We also need to take around four to six breaths a minute. That's what scientists say is the best number of breaths to take per minute. We, we would access more of our energy if we breathe slower. But on average, most of us take 16 to 20 breaths a minute. Experts say that we should get 99% of energy from our breathing, but they also say that we are actually only accessing, accessing 10 to 20% of that energy. And again, if we think back to the clip, what, what happens to your breathing when you're judging? What happens when she's coming out? If, if you're ever getting angry, if you're getting um, upset, you start breathing faster. But then what happens when she's saying? Everybody just kind of sat back and relaxed. There's something life-giving when we take the time to just slow down. And that's very, very opposite to what our culture tells us to do. We have to be doing way too much, and we need to be doing way too much all of the time. Again, when it comes to food, we, um, here's an interesting thing about what we eat. And this, uh, this absolutely fascinates me, this principle. Um, and it's this, that the more recently something has been living, when we eat that, we get more life from that. When you eat a salad, when you eat fruits and vegetables, that's something that, that's organic. It has life. We picked it from, from the vine. It was, it was living. When we eat that, we get more energy. Even when we eat, um, if you're not a vegetarian and you, um, you like animals, I have a shirt that says, I love animals. They're delicious. Um, and uh, if, if you're in that category, when you think about that, I mean, when you, when you get even, say, a hamburger that's fresh, more, more recently the, the animal was slaughtered, that actually gives you more energy than a fully processed, um, something that can be preserved and frozen for, you know, 25 years, and then you can pull it out and cook it, and, you know, you're not getting much nutrition from that. And as opposed to, I mean, you know, I wish I could say that this is something that I'm good at, you know, Saturday, I, uh, Friday, I started the day, I had a nice bowl of cereal, then I had a salad for, uh, for lunch, and then... Um, and by the end of the day, I needed a Frisco melt. And, you know, I mean, it, it's funny because overall, I've been, I've been doing better. I've been eating more stuff that's, that's better for me, and it's been a while since I had a burger or Frisco melt. And I, I can just tell you, it did not agree with me. My body automatically knew, like, what are you doing? This, this, this can't, this, like, so, something's out of balance. You've been balanced, and now you're out. And so we wanted to get rid of that, to say the least. Um, and so one of the things that I, um, that I found, I was looking at some blogs, some websites, and um, talking in relation to like eating and, and how we can do. When we have a culture 
that is constantly bombarding you with images of nice, juicy steaks, burgers, McDonald's, Arby's, all these places are trying to convince you that this is the best thing that you could spend your money on to get the most nutrition. Um, there's a website that, that takes the, um, the advertised picture, and so here we have a Big Mac, and they say instead, before you think about getting a Big Mac, look at this picture. Here's, the ac- here's an actual Big Mac. Maybe the, since we're an image-based society, maybe we can you know, kind of shift our focus here. We also have a sausage burrito. Mmm. Looks so nutritional, except when you go here. Yeah. And what do you do with that? <laughs> then we have the Bel Grande. Ooh. Nice plate of nachos. But this is how you get it when you go order in the fast food. <laughs> this, is, this is absolutely my favorite. If you go to Arby's and you want a beef cheddar, and look, I mean, Arby's is, I think, the worst for this because nobody in their right mind can have inflated roast beef like that. Whatever they do to that picture, I, I don't know how they get it to look like that because this is what it actually is. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you look at this picture and you're thinking about going to Arby's, this might actually make you stop and say, you know what, I am going to go get an apple, I'm going to go get an orange, because at least the picture, it looks a little bit more <laughs> um, more like that. And so what's, what's the point of all this? I mean, we, we have to be physically, um, physically whole. As a culture, we know we need to slow down, we need to breathe more, we need to eat better, we need to exercise we need to get more sleep. Why, why, is it, why is this all the way it is? Well, God's desire is that we live abundant life. And again, the way that we live abundant life is by being connected with the one who knows us best and loves us most. In John chapter 10, Jesus says this, Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. I don't be able to argue that you could take some of the things that are in our culture, some of the things that are trying to drive us to continually judge people, to think that we're judged, to continually fill, um, fill our schedules with things that, that divide us, that cause us to do too many things at once, and with the things that we eat, that those are some of the things that rob us of life. And the things of taking it slow and taking on taking on a yoke that Jesus says is easy, that's a, that's a, a lighter yoke. It's not, it's not burdened down by the sense that, that we're being judged and that people are judging um, and that we need to judge others. I'm presented with this idea that when we realize that he sees us as perfect and free from guilt because of the judgment that was placed on Jesus, that we have life to the full. Again, this verse in John 20, it says, 
Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Again, what gives life? What takes life away? You know, maybe today you feel, you feel that in the midst of, of your life, in the midst of the culture that we live in, you feel like you've lost life. You feel like you're, you're divided. You feel like you're um, worn down. But it takes this daily renewal, this, this daily renewing of our mind to center us on the fact that Jesus is the life giver and that Jesus tells us who we are. That when he says that we're forgiven, that when he says that we are his child, and that when he says that he loves us completely and that the gift of grace means that there's nothing that you can do to make God love you more and nothing you can do to make God love you less, if you start with your identity and finding it in those facts, and it's not easy to get there. I mean, it takes time and it's easy to have a good day and then to have a bad day where you just forget that your identity is in something much bigger and so much more perfect than you could ever be. But when we're able to do that, we're able to be more physically whole and we're able to operate in the spirit that God breathed into us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for, um, for your life-giving spirit. And um, God, often it's a mystery to me how, um, how this spirit works, but I know that when... When I wake up and I'm more centered on that, the more that I'm able to give life to those around me and to feel your life and your presence in me. And so, God, I just pray that for myself and for each person here, that you would um, just renew in us just this desire um, to know you more and to be deeply connected where you're the focus of our hearts and that out of that, we're able to focus our energy on impacting the lives of those around us for the better. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing this song.
today knowing that you are always loved in this place. God bless you.